the key to being a good salesperson, the key to being a good helper, the key to solving someone's problem is to be able to listen and understand what the problem is and then be offer the helpful solution. So you'll need a sales script and it needs to be memorized to perfection so that they're not thinking about what they're gonna say, they're only thinking about what the prospect is saying. You are listening to The Infinite Franchisee Show. I am your host, April Porter. I am a franchisee empire building strategist, creator of The Infinite Franchisee Program, attorney, and an award-winning multi-unit franchisee on a mission to fill the gap between the franchise model and the executive level strategies you need to increase profits, build a team, and scale into multiple locations. Here, we connect every franchisee to infinite possibilities. Today, we're gonna be talking about the no goal. Before we can get into it though, we need to recognize that one of the biggest parts of our business should be developing our teams. In fact, every single week inside the Infinite Franchisee, when we're talking with our clients about the different lessons that they're learning, inevitably the next step after learning something, creating the strategy and putting it in place in your business, you have to train your team on it. Now, this is is kind of natural for many of the operational tasks inside your business. Where I see a lot of business owners taking their foot off the gas in the development of their team is in sales, particularly in retail businesses or quick service restaurants. We feel like it's just natural. Somebody's coming up to the counter, they're placing their order, they're purchasing it at the cash register, and then it is what it is, right? So just teaching people how to ring things up in the cash register and make the food product right there, generally that's where our focus is. But your team has the capability of becoming sales masters, but they can't do it without you helping them. Now, there are three components to really training a team to be excellent at sales particularly when you're talking about industries that are high turnover, because those industries were usually employing people who are high school age, maybe college age with less life experience and maybe less confidence. The first thing we have to overcome are the limiting beliefs and the preconceived notions that they have about what it means to be a salesperson. So many times when people hear the word sales, it's intimidating these young people, or even somebody who is not young, but is working for you, they want to work for you because they enjoy your product or service. When I had kickboxing gyms, my trainers wanted to train. They wanted to be on the floor working out with the clients. They didn't necessarily want to sell memberships. That was just a necessary evil of the job when they first started. Same thing in quick serve restaurants, right? They love the product. Maybe they love the smoothies or they love being a barista in the coffee, but they don't think of themselves as salespeople. Thinking of yourself as a salesperson many times carries with it this persona that we've imagined based on what we've seen on TV and movies, these caricatures of a you know snake 
oil salesman or a smarmy car salesman. And many times that's what people get in their minds is that a salesperson is up to no good. A salesperson is taking advantage of people. A salesperson is manipulating people. And this belief is exacerbated when that, because we've all been consumers, right? And when you're a consumer and you're walking into a sales situation, many times you carry those beliefs and those fears with you. Like, I don't want to be sold something I don't need. I don't want to overpay. This guy's going to try to get me to do those things. So, so you first have to combat all of those limiting beliefs and you have to begin to erase them. How do you do that? Well, by teaching them everyday scenarios that are sales that they don't recognize as sales. For instance, you might talk to them about if you were going shopping with a friend and they had a big occasion they needed an outfit for and maybe some accessories and they pick up, they find a dress and the dress looks great and you're over at the jewelry counter or at the at the purse and say, oh my gosh, look, these would look beautiful with that dress. And they agree. Are you selling them something? Are you helping them? Are you manipulating them in order to get the earrings you picked? No, you're trying to be helpful, right? So teaching them that sales, true sales, is trying to provide a solution for people that have a problem. In that scenario, there's an occasion. We need a dress and accessories. We found the dress, still need the earrings. You're being the helpful one to say, look, here is something that will solve that problem and helping that person. So really starting to break down different scenarios in which they can be helpful. For instance, going back to the example of the gyms and the trainers, you know, as much as you love training the clients and helping them reach their fitness goals, we can't do that if they don't have a membership. And you also know that if they don't have a membership and they don't come consistently, they will not reach their goals. So in order to serve them to the highest degree, we need them to commit. We need them to commit to themselves. We need them to commit to a routine and we need them to show up and put in the work. So how do we get them to do that? We get them to pay for it because when people are paying for it, they have skin in the game and it incentivizes them to stick with it. So that's the motivation to want to sell a membership. Now we'll get to an example in a moment for the QSR line and the fact that they don't even think they are selling. They're just taking an order and ringing someone up for it, but they should be selling because if you can increase your average customer transaction for every person that goes through your QSR line, your revenue is going to increase. And that's when your employees who are standing on the line become revenue generators. So once we get the limiting beliefs out of the way, the next piece of the puzzle is really starting to create that confidence. The first step in creating confidence, get them on a sales script. Getting someone on a sales script does not mean handing them a sales script and role-playing it with them a couple of times. A sales script needs to be memorized. Memorized to the extent that the Pledge of Allegiance is memorized or the Lord's Prayer to the point where they don't have to think about the words any longer. The words are just sitting there in their memory banks, ready to be spewed out at a moment's notice. Why is that important? Well, if they don't 
have it memorized to that extent, they're always thinking about what they should say. And when they're thinking about what they should say, they are not listening to the prospect that they're talking to. And the key to being a good salesperson, the key to being a good helper, the key to solving someone's problem is to be able to listen and understand what the problem is and then be offer the helpful solution. So you'll need a sales script and it needs to be memorized to perfection so that they're not thinking about what they're going to say. They're only thinking about what the prospect is saying. Number three is where we're going to introduce the no goal. So many times we set sales goals and the sales goals as we present them are the number that we need to hit. You need to sell 10 memberships today. You need to get 25 people today to add a drink to their order, right? So when we set the goal for what needs to occur, there is a level of anxiety. That means that there's a chance we could fail. What if I don't get 25? When I talk to the first 10 customers and only one says yes to a drink, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how am I going to make 25 today? Doubt and fear creep in. And when you have doubt and fear creep in, then your confidence tanks. And in order to be a good salesperson, you have to be confident that people need what you're sharing with them and that they will buy it. So the goal or the no goal flips that on its head. You may want 25 drinks added onto an order. You may want 10 memberships sold this week, but you also know what the average conversion rate is for that action to take place, or you should. If you don't know that, please begin tracking it. When you know it, you can back into your goals. So you know that in order to sell 10 memberships in a week, you're going to have to do 20 free workouts that week. In order to get 25 people to add a drink to their order, you may need 100 people to walk through your line. If you know that those are the general statistics, then you want to create the no goal. Instead of telling your employees, today you need to get 25 people to add a drink, tell them, I want you to get 75 no's. I want you to work up, ask people until you get 75 people to say no. How does that change their mental approach? Well, now when they've talked to 10 people and nine of them had said, say no, it's a win. They can tally mark that down. They are nine no's closer to their goal of 75. So we take out the negative and the failure, the negative connotation and the failure that happens when we hear no and we flip it on its head so that when they hear no, it's motivating them to keep going. It's exciting them. I've got, let's say I have nine, so I have approximately 66 left to go and I know we're going to hit the lunch rush. How many can I get versus how many can you get, right? So same thing with the memberships. All right, this week we need, we have 20 appointments set and we're looking for 10 no's, 10, 10 people who tell us no. Obviously you got, you have everything in place for people to say yes, because you have that script, which has been tried and proven to get people to say yes. All you're doing is flipping the psychology behind the result so that one mistake or one no doesn't set off a ripple effect and a, a cascade of a downward spiral that pulls the confidence out when we talk to the next person. 
Okay, so that is the goal of no, and that is how you can help your team really achieve sales mastery. We'd love to know if you've tried this with your team and how it's working. So once you listen to this podcast, if you haven't already, go join our free franchise, or excuse me, our free Facebook group, Franchisee Tips and Tricks, and tell us in the comments or give us a post, like what have you done to really develop your team members into sales masters? When I did this back when I owned my gyms, we had sales boot camps where we we had a very, very lengthy sales script. And because we worked, we had people that did a half hour workout with us. And so we had the greeting and the waiver and explaining the workout and then putting them through the workout and then ultimately bringing it all home through the membership pitch to join us. So that entire thing was scripted. And so we had sales boot camps and my team had to memorize all of that. And then we role played and role played and role played so that they could master it. And they did. And we had team members with an 85% conversion rate. But the best thing about that was the joy that my team members had in knowing that they were developing a very valuable skill that would serve them for the rest of their lives. And we talked about that through that process. The fact that one of my dreams as a business owner was not just to run a successful business, but to empower my employees to be better when they left us than they were when they came, to have more skills that were marketable, to help them build a resume that would help them ultimately get their dream job. And that's what happened. I have trainers that still contact me today and tell me what's going on in their professional careers that ask me for references. Even our director of marketing for Ask April Porter is a former trainer and manager of mine, and she learned her sales skills with us in the gyms. And then when she moved on, she she actually moved out of state and she ended up getting a job in sales. And then ultimately I reeled her back in and said, hey, will you come back and do our marketing? And then ultimately she became the marketing director for Ask April Porter. So her career trajectory and as she has advanced throughout her career is directly related to the development we did inside the gyms. And that's something to be very proud of. That's a way that you as a business owner can truly leave a legacy. I hope this was helpful. And of course, we hope to see you here next week for our next topic on the Infinite Franchisee Show. Thank you for setting aside time to grow your business and mindset with me today. Every franchisee has a dream to achieve sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And I created this podcast to help you do just that. So if you loved what we covered and you know someone who could benefit from it, I would be honored if you would share it with them. Between now and next time, don't you dare settle for anything less than infinite success.